May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our living God. Amen. Do please be seated. I spent ages trying to find words to adequately speak into the scriptures that we've heard today and into our deep sense of loss. And I'm going to talk a bit for myself and on your behalf. And then I'm going to share some words with you from various archbishops and bishops because they have said it in many ways much better than I could. But I was looking and listening to the readings again today, and I just wondered how many mornings Queen Elizabeth II would get up and turn to the book of Psalms and look at this Psalm, 121, and say to herself, my help comes from the Lord. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. And then I looked at the reading and heard the reading again from 1 Thessalonians where there's quite a confusing ending to the two short verses where it says that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who have died. And that sounds really weird because it sounds like we might be at the back of the queue. But what Paul is actually intending to say here is that there is no precedence in the kingdom of heaven. There's no one who's there first. There's no sense of being at the top of a tree in a hierarchy. There's no first. There's no last. And that's a weird thing that we can't understand with our perceptions of time. But we know, as Christians, that Queen Elizabeth has gone before us to be with her beloved Lord. And we can take comfort in that, however sad we may be at our loss. I'm not sure if Simon has chosen Take My Life as one of the hymns, but I hope you've noticed so far that all the hymns speak into this sense of service, of confident faith that our late Queen undoubtedly had. And another hymn that I I don't know if we're going to have it today or not, but it's take my life, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. And that's what she did. Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, said, this isn't all he said, this is just some. 
And these are thoughts, and there may be some that just go over your head that you're not really, but there may be one or two or ten or, well, there won't be 50 that catch you and you think, yeah, that's my queen. That's who I remember. As we sustain one another in the face of this challenge, says Archbishop of Canterbury Justin Welby, our shared grieving will also be a work of shared reimagining. And I pray that we commence this journey with a sense of Her Late Majesty's faith and confidence in the future. As a faithful Christian disciple and also Supreme Governor of the Church of England, she lived out her faith every day of her life. Her trust in God and profound love of God was foundational in how she led her life hour by hour, day by day. In the late Queen's life, we saw what it means to receive the gift of life we've been given by God and through patient, humble, selfless service, share it as a gift with others. Her late majesty found great joy and fulfillment in the service of her people and her God, whose service is perfect freedom. For giving her whole life to us and allowing her life of service to be an instrument of God's peace among us, we owe her a debt of gratitude beyond measure. The late Queen leaves behind a truly extraordinary legacy, one that is found in almost every corner of our national life, as well as the lives of so many nations around the world. The Archbishop of York, Stephen Cottrell, has said, throughout her long reign, and in all the confusions and challenges of a changing world, Her Majesty has been a constant, faithful presence. In 2014, Her Majesty remarked, Christ's example has taught me to seek to respect and value all people of whatever faith or none. The Queen's gift to engage with everyone whom she met and the ability to make them feel at ease was a remarkable skill and one which showed a deep connection to the people she served and a desire to live out Jesus' teaching. In Her Majesty's first Christmas broadcast, ahead of her coronation, she asked the nation, whatever their religion, to pray that God would give her wisdom and strength to carry out the solemn promise she would be making and to faithfully serve God and us all the days of her life. That is most definitely a prayer that has been answered. Her service to our nation and commonwealth has been exemplified by her devotion to her duty, which has always been offered with joy. Underpinning this has been her deep faith in God. And in her, we have witnessed God's faithfulness at work. She leaves a remarkable legacy, which not only lives on in this country, but stretches across the Commonwealth and the rest of the world. Her desire to bring people together and use her role to build up communities and wider societies has been a cornerstone of her reign. The Queen was not shy in speaking of her faith. 
and the hope and strength that she found in Jesus Christ. At the heart of the good news of God is that through the death and resurrection of his son Jesus, the promise of new and eternal life is offered to us all. This belief, this hope, sustained our queen. And as she rejoices in that promise fulfilled, so we too can draw comfort and hope from it. Many of us will struggle to imagine the life of our nation without the queen. Her constancy and faithfulness has been deeply reassuring in a world that has changed so much. We give thanks for her devotion, her example, and her huge achievements. She found stability, perseverance, and confidence in Jesus Christ, who was the source of her hope and peace. May that also be true for each of us and our nation. And the Bishop of London said, to live to the service of others is not a popular thought in our society today. However, to serve others is one of the greatest things in life. It is precious and almost as rare. And like all precious things, it is costly. Service requires not so much physical strength as strength of character. Her Majesty the Queen is an extraordinary example of a life lived in the service of others. Under the intense and relentless scrutiny of an ever-vigilant media, she has demonstrated a consistency of character, a commitment to service, a concern for others, and a clear, deep Christian faith. She is, after all, known for many other things, for being head of state, mother, grandmother, formidable rider, wife of Prince Philip, and a senior citizen who still worked over 40 hours a week. Even on her 21st birthday, she spoke to the Commonwealth and said, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be short or long, shall be devoted to the service and the service of our great family to which we all belong. Her Majesty the Queen has exemplified this life of service in the dedication with which she has served this country over the whole of her lifetime. Her Majesty was a truly remarkable person with a remarkable Christian faith about which she had been increasingly able to speak in recent years. In 1952, in her first Christmas broadcast, looking forward to the coronation, she said this, I want to ask you all, whatever your religion may be, to pray for me on that day, to pray that God may give me wisdom and strength to carry out the solemn promises I shall be making, and that I may faithfully serve him and you all the days of my life. She was a woman of faith. In an age that is on one hand increasingly secular and on the other fraught by religious conflicts, her approach was winsomely inclusive. She was the head of the church, yet in her speeches she never tells anyone to go to church. Rather, she pointed to Jesus 
and how he expanded her capacity to love people of different beliefs. Overall, her approach has been testimonial, not argumentative. She told the world about the inspiration that Jesus had been for her in her own life and left others to decide if they were interested in being inspired themselves. Wonderfully, Her Majesty the Queen's example to the world has not been a dour, dutiful drudge, but of a woman who seemed to enjoy life, riding and horses and dogs and family. She didn't have to invite a different Christian minister every weekend of her six-week Balmoral holiday to spend time with her family, but she did. She didn't have to drive herself to the Sunday service in the church on the Sandringham estate when she was there, but she did. She didn't have to find out the names of the Sunday school prize winners and choose and present their prizes, but she did. A life lived in the service of others is a rare jewel. It is a jewel that she wore as a crown. We owe her much, and Her Majesty will be greatly missed. My prayers are with the royal family at this time, and I pray that they may know God's comfort and peace. I think most of you will know the response here. When I say rest in peace, you will respond and rise in glory. As we mourn our monarch of 70 years, I pray with you that she may rest in peace and rise in glory. Amen.